Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Trying to just grab all, grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know. Whatever. You're taking shots at the unathletic, arthritic, <laughs> old alligator? I can't find anything now. I'm a feeble old buffoon. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Silver 7's on a Thursday. You know we're here every Thursday. It's our partner, Silver 7's. Glad they bonded with the show. We love being out here. Angel is here. Adam Hill is the company. We'll have a lot more on the Raiders and maybe some shifts on the line. Some baseball. Get to the updates on what's going on with the division series. Didn't have time when we were talking to Tom Waddle does a radio in Chicago to ask him how fired up the city is for the White Sox. White Sox certainly don't have the following in Chicago. The Cubs do, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair to say. Nobody. I mean, I have no idea. In a lot of these, I'm not from Chicago, so obviously I talk about being from the Northeast all the time. I have no idea where baseball ranks in a lot of these cities during NFL season. I know this that the Dodgers rank way ahead of both the Rams and the Chargers, and I'll argue. Well, in a season like the Giants and Jets are having. That the Yankees rank ahead of them, and, and if the Mets were winning, the Mets would rank ahead of them. But those are kind of rare places where baseball is king over football. Well, I think baseball is big in Chicago. It's just the Cubs. Right. The Cubs have such a, <laughs> exactly. a history and tradition, and the White Sox are just kind of that outlaw. Hey, if you don't like the Cubs or if you live on the south side in, the, in a very you know, particular area, then you're a, then you're a White Sox fan. But for the most part, if you live in Chicago and you love baseball, you're a Cubs fan. Yeah, I thought all year that uh, the Astros were the best and deepest team. We'll see if they can do it in the postseason. They're uh, kicking booty so far. It's 6 nothing. bottom seven. White Sox are losing as uh, Alvarez has a home run in this one. McCullers through six and two-thirds with four Ks. And on the other side, the White Sox not so effective on the mound as uh, the rotund Lance Lynn. No reason to take a shot at him, but he's got, you know, he's got, he's got kind of that gut. Usually that would make him one of your favorites. He's basically like a 6'5", me. Sure. But he did not pitch well today. Three and two-thirds, six hits, five runs. Big five time. Battled Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four, number five. Well, we didn't see on the legal podcast last night. It was like, oh, I wonder what Adam Hill is doing tonight. And then I find out you were watching TV all night. Well, that didn't start until one. Finally. <laughs> Finally, you're catching up on some TV. Uh, you're actually ahead of me on this one. So you you got to watch two different things last night. Yeah. Uh, still still no uh, love on the spectrum. No. Um, are you caught up on the morning show? Uh, yeah. Well, there's a new episode tonight. Yeah. It's Friday, but it usually comes out at like right. nine nine p.m. Okay. That's Thursday. been good so far. We won't spoil it. Sure. That's on Apple TV. New new Ted Lasso tonight. Okay. I still have to catch up on that. Um, I had been hearing so many spoilers about. The Sopranos movie that I was like, I have to watch it. I haven't seen it, so don't ruin it. Give me a couple of thoughts without destroying the movie for me. Well, that's not a good sign. You're, you're looking off in the distance. It must not be good for you. It's fine as a standalone. I, I thought... Is it okay watching it at as, home? Because 
Yeah. You know, uh, what's his name? David Chase is all pissed off that people can watch it at home. He's like, it's a it's a theater experience. David Chase should be pissed off that he doesn't know how to make a movie. Um, oh, I, I, would no. say, I would say um, a couple of things. First, like as a, as a standalone movie, I think it would be fine. As an origin story, like setting up the show, I, I think it doesn't work. It's not. It doesn't make much sense. Um, there's a... I think I, I think I can say this without it being being a spoiler. Um, there's a big murder in the in the movie, and like the reason, and it's been alluded to like in the show, but then the reason that the murder happens is so stupid. And you're like, there had to be, there has to be something missing. Like, what did I miss? Did right. I too much? Did I too no? Much. That's too much. <laughs> no, I'm saying I, what I'm saying is that you don't like. It doesn't connect. Like it, right. it's not spoiling anything because it doesn't really connect. And the characters who then become main characters on Sopranos are just doing impressions of those characters. Oh no, all which right. is weird. Okay, that's it. That's um, all I need. That's it. That's the, it. That's uh, it. That's the, it. No, no, no. This doesn't ruin anything. The Italian girl. This is the like the first scene of the movie. The Italian girl he brings home from Italy is the only thing that is decent about the movie. She's unbelievable. She's gorgeous. That's it. Are you done? Yeah. I can't hear you. Yes, I'm done. All right, sorry. I had all, my, all I said was that the girl was hot. I, I took my headphones off. And I know you did. My ears. I said the girl was hot. Well, the the was... audience. I don't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> Dave Chappelle's final special on Netflix. Wow, that was interesting. Don't ruin it for people. Number four. <laughs> Xavier Pope came on earlier and just smashed it. And he's a giant fan, really big fan Me too. Of, of Dave Chappelle. Me we too. All, all, I mean, I would say we're all Chappelle apologists. I know a lot of people have been complaining about the the special because of, you know, it's kind of a shift in, in political tone for Chappelle. But he actually says during the special, by the way, like, everything I'm saying right now, you're probably misinterpreting. <laughs> like, you're probably interpreting it this way. This is what I really mean by it. He does say that in the special. Right. Uh, I will say he had one really, really, really valid point, And he could have made it in, like, 30 seconds. But he he stretched it for an hour. Was and 15 unrelenting. Yes. Just pounded it. Yes, but I mean the 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 really valid point is about the baby, and he kind of threaded it in a couple of times, um, and it's an incredibly valid point. But like, I, I literally could do it. Like I'm not I, like you said, we're not going to ruin it. I could I could do it in twelve seconds right now. Yeah, and that was the most. You know the most poignant thing I thought about the special, and it stretched out for an hour and fifteen minutes. Watch it, see what you think. Yeah, that's all we'll say. Number four. Number four. So he said you watch the shows or movies at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Before that, you were at your favorite coffee workplace. Yeah. Okay. Now what happened? Well, so is the story, folks. So is the story. Whether well, it's I, the line. Rushing to the show, or it's you know inside with people bringing their entire desktop computer to set up. That so, was years ago. Well, it's also a, it's always high drama, and, uh, and Adam is part of the family. It's also a very hot spot for like Tinder meetups. Like those are fun sometimes. I wanted to start a blog at one point of all the people you see. Wasn't the best story last year a breakup? Yeah, it was a good breakup. It was a good breakup. But there, but there's always like usually Tinder meetups are like the best thing. Um, okay, before you tell the story, I already covered my ear. I took my headphones off and I covered my ears. 
I don't like gross stories, especially not, about especially about surgeries. I know I'm not going to give the gross details. Okay. So what happened? Maybe I will. Uh, so like, the, there's you know a group of employees, and I will say, to the credit of this place, incredibly friendly, and the majority of the people are like, "Hey, what's going on? Good to see you again, buddy." And then that's that's the extent of the interaction. That's all it has to be, right? Hey, it's an acknowledgement. You're a regular. That's cool. My order is ready. As soon as I walk in the door, the order started to be prepared. It's on. The, this is great. Oh, wow. All that's great. Wonderful. But when you, there are certain people that don't understand, like, hey, this is just an employee. Like, we're not friends. I, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't be. I, I don't know them. But, like, this is this is a good customer service thing. It's not... This is not like spill your guts time. I, I do find that at times servers and bartenders talk about stuff that not every customer would be cool with. Sure. You know, they get a little loose. So can I also point out this one particular employee, there's one really good table in there. And everybody knows that's my table. And this employee will sometimes... Well, sometimes... Like, go and sit at my table, like, for his break. And I'm like, bro, like, well, what's going on? Like, yesterday, yesterday I walked in. They were they were bringing my stuff. They go, hey, good news. Nobody's in your table. Awesome. This is great. Like, the, everybody knows it's mine. This guy will go, like, sit there. And I'm like, dude, you're on break. Go somewhere else. Whatever. That's fine. Yesterday, I'm working. He comes over, and he's like, oh, man, rough week. And I'm like, no. Why? What? Why are you talking? Like, what are you saying right there now? I'm go. working, and then he go, went, goes into this horrifically long story about this awful bot surgery that he had, and what the fallout is. And he's like, he's like, well, I just don't know. Like, they found some more masses, and I'm like, what are you talking about right now? I'm writing a story. I don't like. I'm I'm here working. And just drinking my coffee. Why is this happening? He's like, well, you know, as I was telling my parents, like, I, this might be it. And you're like, okay. I, I, now I'm a jerk for not wanting to hear this story. But as you said, he went into some gory, disgusting details. Well, if the person really knows you. He doesn't. They, they should know that this you're the This is the first... The- yeah. First actual conversation I've ever had. That's too much. You got I, mean, I understand when people are hurt and they want someone to talk to, but the complete stranger, and if it turns out to be you, is the worst person to talk I'm, to. Because you're awkward and you have nothing to say that's going to be of any comfort. Because I and I'm, and I'm worse. Because anytime anyone does that to me, I listen to the story and I'm like, oh, that's too bad. And then at the end, I'm like, you'll beat it. You'll get through it. Better times are on the it's way. I'm like, almost, I don't know what to say. It, it's almost the exact... That's almost the, and I said it like five times, like I thought this is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it kept going. And I'm like, and then at one tough, point man, I was tough, like, tough. I was like, well, it's a bad week. That means you know this week can only be better. And he's like, actually, no, I have to go back in for a check. And I'm like, who, dude? Do you understand? That's my way of trying to end this conversation. So am I, am I a jerk now? Like I have to no. find somewhere else to go, right? I can't go back in there. I can't take the chance of hearing a follow. Now I'm now I'm aware of the whole story. I can't take a chance of hearing a follow up. Oh, I think you. If you're in there next time, you have to ask about it. You have to listen to the follow up. I'm putting headphones on before I get in. You have to be inquisitive. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do just in. like a plane, just like I'm on a plane. Headphones on before I even walk on. I can't. I can't. I can't do this again. It is tough when those comfortable places disappear for some some reason or another. Look at, how fr- look at how frustrated. I'm it is. so mad. Top three stories. 
number three. I was almost going to say that's awesome, but it really is terrible. Uh, was anyone offended by uh, drunk Max Scherzer last night? This has everything, especially for us. Uh, Max Scherzer shirtless postseason show, or check that uh, the TBS uh, postgame show. Scherzer, I guess, is having audio difficulties. He goes, "You got to get rid of this echo. I'm drunk. Whatever." Now explain the echo because we all know this in radio. No, it's it's it, it drives you nuts when you're trying to talk and then you hear it back in your headphones at a different time than you're actually talking. Oh, I forgot to press a button. Right, Ari? I'm about to press it right now. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get it. Believe me, we, we there it is. Echo, echo. We got it. Actually, if you do it, we can actually show the audience how you have to speak when the echo is going because it just keeps coming back on you and you slow down even more and more. Uh, yeah, I had this actually happen on the Marcus Arroyo radio show, and you know how I handle technical difficulties now. I'm like, all right, break. It was like instantaneous. Because I'm like, the coach is not going to sit here and speak in echo. And Max Scherzer was like, you got to fix it, and I'm drunk. I mean, I, I I guess if I was a Dodgers fan, I'd probably have a little bit of trouble um, with him being drunk, only because why are you celebrating? What that, did you win? That was, that was weird that they were. What did you win? They were so fired up about the wild card. They're world champions. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me. Like, the celebration made no sense to me. Um, again, I don't care. I'm not a Dodgers fan. In fact, I'm cheering against them, obviously, with the Giants playing them. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't understand that part. Now, I do know some Dodgers fans that said he's not pitching until game three. If he was pitching game one or two, I would have been infuriated. Um, game three, it's like a week away. I think it'll be all right. I found a neat moment, but I have a feeling you're going to crap on it. What did you think of Juan Soto, Scherzer's former teammate on the Nationals? in the front row at Dodger Stadium watching the game with him and, like, watch the entire way, and then he's, like, high-fiving him at the end of the game. I, I don't love it. I mean, you can cheer for him from afar. You have, you he's a to, trend. You don't have to go to the game. Right. It's, it's not your team. So when I get fired and I'm working somewhere else and then I show up at Silver 7s and after the show I'm like, great job. When I work at another radio station, you're going to be creeped out. Like, I come up and high-five you. Good job. Were you a competitor at the time? Well, I mean, technically, Juan Soto's a competitor. That's what I'm saying. Are you a competitor? If you're just Steve Cofield's citizen, I'm living in the, I'm living in a ditch after losing my radio gig. Well, I don't know if you might go, you know, you might go like sell cars or something. I don't know. Oh, okay, so you regular know. job guy. Yeah, if you're a regular job guy, I don't not, think there's not, a problem. Not easy radio job guy. Yeah, if you're if you're like on three to six or two to five at at a at another station that competes directly with us, I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? I didn't know that. So anyone who's up against this show is now an enemy for you? Well, not an enemy necessarily. Trash. Got, kind of dragged him into that one. I'm not saying they're an enemy. I'm saying just don't come up to me and high five. They shouldn't be hanging out at our. Like, dude, go back and do your show. You're on the air right now. Why are you here? So Scherzer should have told Soto leave. Yeah. He shouldn't have had to be told. He should have not showed up. I do. I, there were some people who were very funny on social media about Juan Soto, the outfielder for the Nationals, saying he's the first guy ever who could sit in the front row and be like, "What are you swinging at?" <laughs> Like, he actually might be better than a lot of the hitters on the field. I could do better than you. Like, yeah, you probably could. You're, you're amazing. Number two. We got rumors. We got more trade rumors around the Knights. What are the Sabres doing with Jack Eichel? Have they offered him repeatedly to the Knights? And is Hayden Krebs the holdup? I mean, it could be. I, I still don't think that they're going to trade him. 
I mean, the rumors are out there that they're going to. It, it's really, I mean, I think they will at some point, I suppose, but it's tough. It's not, I'm not comparing it to Deshaun Watson because of anything except he is not at his highest value right now. Like, you have an asset in Deshaun Watson if you're the Texans that is among the most valuable assets in the entire league, and it's untenable there. You have to trade him, but you're not going to get full value for him. It's tough to pull the trigger on that trade knowing that you're not going to get what you should be getting. And I think it's the same with the Sabres and Eichel. Like, it's not going to work there. He can't play there. They have to trade him at some point, but they're not going to get what they should probably get for him. So I, I do think it becomes a tough situation for a team uh, to then make a deal when, you know, when it's going to go that way. Now, I I know, you know, Buffalo wants Krebs to be a part of any deal, and I think that's, you know, the, the other part of this, of the, the Sabres treating trade negotiations like they have the most valuable asset in the league. They don't. They have damaged goods. Sorry to say it. It sucks. It's really unfortunate. But they've got damaged goods, and they're trying to get, you know, full full price for it. Like this is a card that's been driven off the lot. You're not getting full price. And again, it's it's not. It really is harsh because we know what Jack Eichel's going through in terms of needing surgery and the team not doing it for him and the team fighting him on it, all these other things. Like it's not of his doing. But that's that's the reality of the situation. Like somebody took him for a test drive and crashed, and they're so like. Yeah, we're still going to want you know forty thousand for that car. Are you shopping for a car? What's with all the freaking know. test drive and car uh, dealers? I went down the rabbit hole and I was just like going for it. I think Gruden's rubbing off on you with the horse and Bosa and getting kicked off the horse. Throw it off. Need medicine. Getting kicked off the horse and then get back on. Number one. Uh, most important thing this week, as chronicled by uh, our pal, your coworker Mick Akers, the Lanai doors. It's now cooled down. The doors at the Al. Time to open them? Well, I think they were open today. Is that right? It looked like it. How about for a game? We'll see. And who makes that decision? I think I'm more concerned with the football game streaming on the outside now. There was, there was highlights playing on the video board outside. I was like, this is dangerous. Oh, you think someone on the 15 will just turn like, sideways? And just- you're driving you're like, oh, look, a game. Pfft, crash. I hope they're not showing the games oh. during the during the game. I mean, if it's before the game, you're you're not moving That's right true. in front of the stadium. So, on those ramps and all the way down to the two fifty. What if they put the Russell game ramp, on? You're not moving. What if they put the game on during the game? So you're going full speed, whatever yeah. the speed limit is. Just like oh, fifteen deep ball for rugs. Ah, oh, crash! Like ah, what are we doing, officer? I didn't know it was an HOV lane. Plus, I was distracted by the game on the stadium board. I don't. I think I want the Lanai doors open. I think that'll be fun. I. Why would you have them if you're not going to open yeah, them? It'll be fun. I say do it. Open them up. It's nice outside. Uh, it is kind of hot still. Will the extra breeze keep right guard Alex Leatherwood cool during the game? Or, or is this still a big secret? What's going know, on I don't here? know what you're talking I about. I saw everyone today suggesting that uh, Leatherwood is moving to guard. So what is the deal here? So, so Illuminor would be out. John Simpson would stay in. Andre James would remain at center. And Brandon Parker goes in. But an Illuminar to the sidelines. It's an interesting theory, Steve. Did something change? Is this some sort of big secret now? What's happening here? I don't think people that view practice are supposed to discuss what personnel changes might take place out on the field, Steve. Oh, boy. Controversy around the Raiders. 
That would be it. Would be if the lineup that you suggested, and I'll take your word for it, uh, that that's <laughs> that's out there. If if that lineup was what they go with, I am very interested in the fact that he's going to right tackle. Although he played right tackle in college, or excuse me, right guard in college, some. Um, so maybe he's more comfortable there, and maybe you know Illuminor is not comfortable at left guard. Uh, but I, I know the first thing when people were discussing that exact lineup that you were talking about, one of the first things people said is why not move either Illuminor to left guard or why not move Leatherwood to left guard because Illuminor at right guard has been playing pretty well. Well, let's all not forget he was pulled for a couple series last game. It wasn't great. Um, but also, what does this mean about Richie Incognito? Like, if he's somewhat close, then do you keep left guard open, let Leatherwood play right guard so that Incognito can jump back into left guard? Or does it mean... Hey, if we're making the switch to guard, Incognito's probably not going to be back for a while because, you know, we're trying to solve the problem at guard and tackle at the same time. Very mysterious. What does it mean for Incognito? So I think there's a lot of questions uh, that go into this. I think there's a lot of questions of whether he'll be playing there this week. I mean, you know, based on what you're saying, I assume that this is something that they worked on at practice. Um, does that mean... That, that's, that's what they're going to go with. I know Greg Olson, after practice, was like, we're just trying some things, just experimenting a little bit. Yeah. We'll see how this plays out. He might be right. Sure. Like, doing it on, you know, like four or five days' notice is not, not optimal. No. It's not. Now, and, Parker and, is a tackle. So, yeah. at least he gets to play his natural position. Yeah. And, you know, Leatherwood has been okay in run blocking and abysmal in pass blocking. And at guard, much more run centric, um, you know where your your jobs really your job really lies. And tackle is much more, you know, much more pressure on you in the passing game. So, you know, hey, maybe take advantage of the fact that he's a better run blocker right now than he is a pass blocker, and put him at guard and let him play there. And there's not as much pulling at right guard as there, as a left guard usually. So, maybe that makes some sense. I, I think that there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces. Uh, I will say that. You know, at the beginning of this week, John Gruden said, we're not about to push the panic button. This would seem like kind of a pushing of the panic button. Well, Leather was a first-round pick. He's a future of the franchise type guy, so he's got to come through at some point. Uh, Same deal with Peyton Krebs. The VGKs, we were just talking about Peyton Krebs. They're expecting a lot out of Krebs. Let's give away some tickets here to the opener against the Kraken, the enemy Seattle, uh, next Tuesday at T-Mobile. Krebs was a first-round pick. Give me the exact selection he was chosen at, like number four, number eight, right? That's what you got to tell Ari. What pick was he in the 2019 draft? 364 364-1100. We're talking about Peyton Krebs and what pick he was at in the 2019 draft. If you get the correct answer with Ari, 364-1100, then you get tickets to the opener. You can get your own tickets at AXS.com, but you get tickets to the opener Golden Knights against the Kraken next Tuesday. It's the Big Five at Four. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. San Francisco's 107 wins coming. Maybe nobody outside of Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler. They just did an unbelievable job. And their GM's name is High Anxiety. <laughs> so here's the pitch to Kike. Fouled back our way. Farhan Zaidi. Oh. <laughs> Architect of a lot of great teams, and he's just been brilliant for them. 
hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. It's Cofield and Company. It's a weird piece of audio. Do you know what that was? Uh, it was a baseball call making fun of an executive's yes. name. It was uh, WEI. Sean McDonough and his partner are talking about the San Francisco Giants exec, Farhan Zaidi. And McDonough, for some reason, says their executive is named High Anxiety. Then the other guy repeats the name correctly again, and McDonough makes fun of it again. Like, I... I don't get it. I mean, we're stupid. Yesterday we were talking about uh, Faison and how you say his name. Did you get the cor- uh, correct pronunciation? Faison or Faison? D- you didn't look still, into it? They're still sorting it out. They're still sorting it out. That happens sometimes. Remember, Everyone uh, on remember the UNL- team? UNLV was uh, Ben Coupet and Ben Coupe for yeah. a long time. Well, Brumfield I mean, and Broomfield for a while with UNLV uh, at the quarterback position. Tyron Tarrant has been but, going on but, for years. But it's not high anxiety. No. Uh, so there are a lot of people who took offense to it and are saying that, you know, there are announcers who, who do that on purpose. It's a sign of disrespect. I'm guessing that, you know, there are actually, there are kids, you know, who are, you know, we're all immigrants in the end. But, um, you know, Steve Cofield's pretty easy to, pretty easy name to say. Adam Hill's even easier. Uh, but there are some kids who get, you know, made fun of and there, there's deeper meanings to it. I'm not going to go crazy on this. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing here is, I don't know. You know what? Ask John Gruden about Sean McDonough. See what he says. <laughs> Okay. Right? Sure. So Sean McDonough is an announcer. He's been doing it forever. He was a Monday Night Football guy. From what we hear, he and Gruden didn't get along. And I think a lot of people assumed, oh, it must be Gruden. Nah. You know, Sean McDonough of Will McDonough, who at times is a real sweetheart in the uh, Boston media. So I don't know. It's kind of a putz. Yeah. I mean, that's the book. I don't know, so I can't say. I just, I, you know what you hear about certain people, and sometimes it turns out not true. Sometimes it's very true. I hope it's not true. I hope this was sure. just an innocent mistake where he thought he was being funny. Oh, he, he was trying to be funny? Yes. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you know? Good try. Good job, good effort. Because the equivalent would be, and again, I don't want to be a dirtbag and do this, but like you know, in school as an 8-year-old, Sean McDonough being called Sean McDouchebag. <laughs> right? It's not really funny, but when you're 8... 11, is, you know, cornfield corn field is funny. Or is it something dirtier would be funny. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Try to think what you recall, and then I'll call you that. Now, I'm, now, now I'm exposing myself. I'm still angry about it. Clearly. Not really. No. This is a deep-seated no, issue. No, not really. I just When I heard it, I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> You're like 60 years old, dude. And we're like as immature and infantile as anyone on radio when it comes to comedy. I think I once got a take a chill pill hill. That's a good one. It's not. You're no. like, uh, okay. It's like, uh, what are you even saying? Well, it was kind, kind of, of a name rhymes with a lot kind of, of things. Kind of a cool thing to say back in, you know, when you were a kid in the uh, 70s. What? <laughs> 70s. Was take a chill pill like early 90s? 90s? Early 90s? <laughs> this is the 90s. I want to look up the. Where did that come from? It's just the rail of the shows we do. It was not intelligent or clever in any way it was terrible well you can bet i'm going to use it the next time you have a major freak out sure. on the show i mean you only have to wait like five minutes it's gonna happen at some point this seems like a hardcore definition of it wait this this went from being fun to the origin of the idiom take a chill pill is in the early 80s when adhd was first recognized what okay and you had to take a pill the term for those pills was a chill pill. 
Okay. <laughs> God, we just ruin everything. High anxiety. <laughs> Farhan Zaidi. By the way, we are totally doing Chappelle right now, what he did on the comedy special, by taking something that was a 15-second mention and turning it into three minutes. Sure. Well, that, but in his case, it was it's a personal vendetta. Like ours, we don't have a vendetta. Oh, okay. no, I, I really don't. Stupid. There's a chance I could, but not in this case. Well, cornfield. I'm sure you still have that. No, it's not. It doesn't still really driving you nuts. Really, you can, I'll, you I'll cry yourself to sleep. I every do. Night. Cry, it worries me a lot. All right, VGK. We. Uh, oh, let's. Uh, who was the winner? Uh, winner was Jared. I don't always need the answer. I, I had it in front of me. I was just kind of setting it up that way. Uh, not our Jared. Jared was the answer. We don't work with a Jared. Oh, we don't. No. Okay. Jared knew that. See how this all came together? We asked what selection uh, Peyton Krebs was in the 2019 draft. He was the 17th selection. Alex Leatherwood, 17th selection. Mm. Was there news about Alex Leatherwood today? There was a little bit of news. I know, you, I know you had I a lot, of, lot to say about it. <laughs> I didn't hear it. There's something going on. I don't know what the hell's happening. All right, where are we on Robin Leonard and the preseason game tonight, morning skates, and all that? Robin Leonard was the first skater off the ice today at morning skate, which typically means Robin Leonard will start tonight in net for the Golden Knights over at the T-Mobile Arena uh, coming up just a little bit after uh, us tonight. Um, so we, we will see... You know, last game he came out a little bit early when he played uh, after the second period. It was precautionary. Uh, clearly it was precautionary because there's no issues. Uh, Robin Leonard, it looks like he's going to play. He definitely was on the ice skating. So even if he's not playing, he's ready to be back. And uh, no concerns about Robin Leonard coming into the season. Obviously a lot of uh, a lot more news off the ice with Leonard than there has been on the ice. But I think a lot of people will be excited to see him in action tonight when they play Arizona over at T-Mobile. Coming back, I want to get into the Seahawks and Rams, and I also want to find out maybe there's a much deeper story as to why the Kraken decided to take a pass on Carey Price. What an unbelievable opportunity to get a great goaltender, but there's some issues there. 77-cent Bud Light bottles. Silver 7's Hotel and Casino has you hooked up. Berchi and LeCision working together. Now LeCision pickpocketed by Kadri, but Berchi was there to knock it free again. LeCision has it near half wall. Working around the top of the circle. Turnaround shot, deflection score. It looks like Peyton Krebs got a piece on the turnaround shot from LeCision. It snaked through Johansson, and it's 6-2 Vegas. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s with Cofield and company. So I think it's fair to say, you know, there's uh, there are some concerns about Robin Leonard, you know. Maybe not on the ice, but off the ice. Some of the social media stuff. Kind of crazy that Montreal went as far as they did a year ago, and now they're facing some issues with Carey Price, who's been a rock. What's happening? Yeah, he is going into the player assistance program. We don't even know the details on what that could be, from mental health to just fatigue to rehab for a substance abuse, but he is entering a program. We saw a statement from his family um, just saying you know it's time to get the help that he needs. I just thought... Um, you know, obviously, right now, nobody's concerned about when he's going to play. It's more just getting better. Uh, they said he most likely is not obviously going to be available for their opener. Um, and we'll see going forward after that. Um, but I did my first thought, uh, of course, I mean, of course, you, you think about how this is going to affect him and um, how he's going to do and how, handle all this. But my first thought was actually, I wonder if this is why 
he was you know not taken in the expansion draft or why he was not you know kind of courted more around the league um maybe there was some some things out there and maybe there was some concern so um i thought the the timing on that was interesting and it did raise those questions not that that is the most important thing by any stretch uh but i think it's a it's a consideration did you play this game tonight seahawks rams rams two and a half uh, money line, 135 on the Rams, 54 is the total. Rams are favored on the road against Seahawks. Uh, I've not played it. I'll be playing it in-game um, as it goes. I, listen, I think the Rams are a very good team. I know I was, I was pretty high on them coming into the season. Last week wasn't great. Um, I think they bounced back. But Seattle is one of those teams that's tough. Um, it's tough to go you know, on or against them. You know, Carson not playing officially. He's out. He's inactive. Uh, so that's you know a big loss for them, and they're pretty thin at running back right now. They didn't bring anybody up from the practice squad uh, to replace them. So um, you know maybe that helps the Seahawks and makes them throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, maybe maybe that's the impact that that has there. I just they are there is such an up and down team. They're kind of tough to get a read on, and I, I think the Rams are are certainly going to be um, looking to bounce back from earlier this week. But you know short week on the road is tough. I have teased up the Seahawks. Okay. To eight and a half. That's there you go. That's through two key numbers. That's what you're looking for. Hasn't worked so far very often this season. Well, we did, which is amazing because it's working this. for everyone else. Um, I so I will go with the Seahawks play plus eight and a half on a teaser, and I've teased down. Drumroll, no Cowboys minus six against the Giants to one. That's another one that you're not supposed to do. I know. I know. <laughs> That's the, but then when you because, complain because that it, they don't work. It's, because it's on seven and it's not seven and a half. Yeah. You're supposed to go through two key numbers. Okay. And a couple of times ago, we were, you, were, you were saying it's not working. For, like, Which games did you play? And you give us so games you have to that be, didn't fit yeah, the system. Yeah, in the end, you have to be really select. Yeah. And, if, and it's not, not, if it's not there, it's not there. Well, you don't have to be, but the, the system that is referred to is through two key numbers. I get it. And, you know, oftentimes people say, I teased the six down to, down to pick. No, not right. You're looking for something that's over seven or under three. Uh, that's what you're looking to do. And, and that's, that's kind of the, the system that a lot of people play. Uh, but, you know, there's not always enough games in that, in that range, right? Like, it's not, it's not easy to find them. But I have to play. Right. Well, you don't have to, obviously. Yeah, exactly. I'm joking. Uh, definitely never have to play anything. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm looking for in-games today on this game. Like I didn't really love anything before, and I'm not going to force anything to make that happen. So I can't do the Ravens, tease them down from seven against the – nah, doesn't work. Against the Colts, Monday Night Football. Nope. No. Against the rules. Nope. Not, there's no rules. It's the rules. It just doesn't fit the system. Uh, you seemed kind of uh, – you took a chill pill on my suggestion that the Browns – well, no, you, you, you don't want Andy Dalton. You don't want the Bears to trade Andy Dalton. The bottom line is – Baker Mayfield's got a torn labrum in his left shoulder. You know, interesting conversation listening to Fox Sports Radio, our sister station, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340. Doug Gottlieb was talking to Brandon Whedon. We should get Whedon on sometime. Sure. Um, and they were talking torn labrum because they both had one, one a basketball player, one a football player, and the pain they were describing at times sounded torturous. And... I saw Mayfield say, like, oh, it's not really a big deal. You realize he tore his labrum. This kind of goes back to Bosa and the toughness thing with Carr. It also goes back to when people see, like, Phillip Rivers and, you know, years pass or Brady on a pick six, and they're like, no thanks. <laughs> not going to make a tackle. Mayfield hurt himself trying to make a tackle. Yeah. 
So now he's got a torn labrum in freaking week, f- going to week five of the NFL season. And I guess the, they better get some depth. The snarky thing to say would be, don't throw interceptions and you don't have to make tackles. Um, but yeah, and then but you've seen it in his numbers. He has not been great. Uh, he's been terrible. And they're a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. But with this Baker Mayfield or with no Baker Mayfield, they're going to win a Super Bowl? No. No, they're not. Uh, he needs to be better. He obviously knows that. The team knows that. Um, he needs to be healthy. Um, and if they need to I – don't, I don't know what they could do. If they could – if they if because it's non-throwing, could you rest him a month and then he's better? Or does he have to shut him down for the season? Does he need surgery? I don't know. Uh, but the Baker – even – it sounds crazy because they've been fine, even though he has not been good. Um, it's not sustainable, right? Like, it's one of those things we talk about the Raiders. For three weeks, you can't block, and you, you're having terrible starts. Oh, well, you're 3-0. and well, that, That's stupid. Like, it's going to catch up to you, and it did. So, like, yeah, Baker Mayfield playing like this is going to catch up with them if he can't get healthy, and they, I don't know, they need to figure something out, and I don't know what that answer is. I'm sure for their sake, it's that he gets healthy and plays a lot better. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 1030. It's the DC and the Sunshine Man podcast with Dave Koken. Watch at Steve Cofield on Twitter or on YouTube. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. Here we go, getting ready for the football weekend. Less than an hour away from kickoff of uh, Thursday Night Football in the NFL. Brad Powers is up. Brad, how you doing, buddy? Excellent. How are you? Let's do it. All right, what do we got tonight? Rams and Seahawks. We got anything? It's a two-and-a-half point spread, and the total's 54. Well, a classic teaser opportunity with Seattle. Teasing them up through three and seven. Lean Seahawks, but I did tease them. Uh, I tease, I mean, the, the other possibilities on Sunday to tease them with, I kind of like the Bills. Uh, against the Chiefs. So uh, teasing Seattle plus eight and a half bills plus eight and a half sounds pretty good to me. All right. I'm into that. All right. A lot of big college football games, but none bigger than UConn and UMass. And, I, you know, I'll tell you, over the years, <laughs> I love I love UConn as a favorite. They're laying three and a half here. Yeah, UConn as a favorite is about as bad as any trend that I've ever seen. And this is actually going back to 2012. They're one in twenty, Connecticut as a favorite. Last twenty-one times, one in twenty against the spread. They actually have a losing record outright as a favorite. So they're a favorite to win twenty-one games. They have a losing record. So, uh, but with that being said, the last time Connecticut was, uh, you know, the one time that they did cover as a favorite was the last time they played Massachusetts. And I actually like what I've seen from Connecticut uh, last couple of weeks. I actually lean with the Huskies in this game. I want to talk about the big boys here. What do you think of the the prop that I I, I know it's posted around town now? You could bet this is for national title, if I'm correct. Uh, minus two forty, you can combo Alabama and Georgia against the rest of the country. Everyone else is plus two hundred. Boy, I I honestly lean with Alabama and Georgia in that one. I think it should be probably priced closer to minus three hundred. I mean that's I mean they have clearly separated themselves from the rest of college football, where, where they would each one of them would be more than a touchdown favorite over the number three team. And right now my number three team is Ohio State. Brad Powers, bradpowersports.com, at bradpower7, up on Twitter. Okay, let's talk about what's going on this week and your impressions of Alabama in general. Now going into a game where, they're, again, they're, they're laying a big number against Texas A&M. 
Well, I actually improved, you know, last week's performance in the first half against Ole Miss. I certainly, I mean, I jumped them up in my power range because, I mean, I bet Ole Miss last week, and that was just an impressive performance uh, by the Crimson Tide against a, a very modern offense that to, to shut them down uh, and make some key stops on fourth down. I mean, they, they showed me something that they did closing out that game, uh, unlike the Florida game. I, you know, this week I actually lean with the Crimson Tide. I mean, I just don't see where Texas a and I mean, how many times are they going to be able to score? And we looked at A&M's defense starting to wear down the last couple of games, giving up more than 400 yards in each of them. Uh, I'm going to roll tide and lay the big number. Georgia's 15-and-a-half against Auburn. Clean Auburn, uh, but, you know, it wasn't anything that I'd bet uh, and ran to the window when the openers got released. Uh, but, I mean, Georgia's, you know, on their way, at least on the defensive side of the ball, on being historically great. Go to the top of the board. North Carolina and Florida State. All right, Florida State, a little positive momentum, little bit. 17-and-a-half for the Tar Heels. Yeah, it's uh, the biggest favorite role ever for North Carolina in the series against the Knowles. They've never been this big of a favorite. The, 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 the second biggest favorite that they've ever been over Florida State was last year, and they lost the Knowles outright in Tallahassee. They get revenge, but I'm not sure that I want to lay 17-and-a-half. The North Carolina team's been Jekyll and Hyde. One week they look like a top-10 team. The next week they look like, you know, you shouldn't even rank them in your top 50. So, I mean, they had really good performance last week, probably due for a bad one. So I'd actually lean with the Knowles. Number 11, Michigan State only laying five and a half at Rutgers. Oh, I lean Rutgers. Uh, I just It's kind of a sell-high situation with Michigan State unbeaten Rutgers, you know, thrown in the trash after getting blown out by the Buckeyes. I mean, the concern is, you know, Michigan State's, doesn't play the style of offense like they did under Mark D'Antonio. They're closer to Ohio State where they're going to throw it down the field, and that'll hurt Rutgers a little bit. Uh, but with that being said, I just I think it's a good spot to play on Rutgers. And I like the over, too. I mean, these Michigan State totals, they, they keep treating the Sparty like they did for 10, 15 years under Mark D'Antonio. Reality is this is the best Michigan State offense in seven years, and their defense has given up 430 yards per game over from me. Uh, Maryland got ripped by... Iowa last week. They got a bounce back in them, plus 20.5 against Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, typically I wouldn't mind bouncing back with a team that was minus seven in turnovers, but, man, they just look like after the injury to their best wide receiver, I mean, I don't know if they – all the energy in that stadium was sucked out of it, and to get blown out like that, now they're taking on an Ohio State team that's really starting to feel themselves after a really good win over Rutgers last week in blowout fashion. I bet Ohio State. I like the lumber. Do you have a read on USC and uh, check the and Utah? Uh, SC's three. No, I do not. Yeah, that one, I mean, it, it's tough. You've got an interim coach, an SC team one week looks like a top 20 team the next week. I mean, a couple of weeks that they've lost outright as a double-digit favorite. I mean, Utah sadly dealing with another player death. I mean, they didn't even practice the entire bye week, I mean, dealing with that. So that's a complete pass for me. How good is Kentucky? You believe in them? They're minus three against LSU. Uh, I want to I want to fade Kentucky because I mean even last week's game I mean they were outgained by more than a hundred yards and that one single play was a ten point play the block field goal return for a touchdown. Uh, my numbers want to play against Kentucky. The problem is yeah you know, I'm not running the window to bet on Ed Orgeron at this point. I mean I think LSU's a mess. But with that being said, I mean you're telling me I'm gonna get three and a half. I mean are you kidding me? I mean before the season. LSU's probably favored by almost a touchdown in this one, so I'm going to lean with the Tigers. 
Let's hit a couple of the uh, big name teams in a set of games here. Oklahoma, Texas, Red River shootout. Uh, Sooners are three. Fair number. That's right where I, I put it. Obviously, Texas has you know owned the series as far as uh, the betting purposes. Cash seven on the last nine, and what it would be eight of nine if last year's game didn't go to overtime. Uh, but you got a new coach in Texas, and actually, Texas is playing better than Oklahoma this year. But you know, I made it three. Didn't bet the game. Nebraska. I don't know if they're good, but I laughed when people flipped out with that first game and they were annihilating Adrian Martinez. He's been fine since. He's actually a pretty good player. Nebraska at home against top 10 Michigan, only getting three and a half. Yeah, I mean, everyone threw Nebraska in the trash. I threw this out. I mean, they've covered since that week zero game five straight games by an average of nearly two touchdowns per game. That being said, Michigan's 4-1 against the number this year, and they're covering by two touchdowns per game. I laid two on the openers with the Wolverines. I thought I'd blow 3-3. I thought Michigan would be a, a public play. Uh, and Right now, I'd actually prefer the under more than anything. Brad, awesome spot, dude. We appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. All right. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. There he is, Brad Powers. Adam Hills here. It's Cofield. <laughs> you, got, you got stymie there. You got stunned. Totally I heard, stunned. I heard like a pop in my ear, and I was worried. Sorry. I didn't know if you were going to you were going to go full Max Scherzer, and sure. that you're drunk on the air. Yes. Do you want to play any props in this game tonight? Stafford over two ninety nine and a half passing yards. Take the under. Why? Um, I don't know. I feel like they could be ahead. Maybe not throw. I just I you, I didn't really have a play. But it's always under if there's no play. If I don't have a strong opinion, it's under. Do you like playing these kinds of props or you just stay away? Uh, it just depends on the game. I think there's, there's definitely times to do it. Um, I enjoy it. Like, if there was no such thing as fantasy football, I think I'd be playing a ton of them. But you essentially already have props in every game, right? right. I mean, you're, you're cheering for your fantasy teams and certain players to do well. So those are, just, those are props just on a different scale. Like, like, I follow some good people on Twitter who I, I respect somewhat as gamblers. Um, and I think there are some spots where you can hit. But the more options you have, I feel like the more the book is but I'll, I'll, at an advantage. Sure. But when, it, when the casual gambler starts playing, you know, six and seven and eight bets during a game. But it's just like fantasy, right? Like, last week, uh, there you could find player props on Peyton Barber for the Monday Night Football game. And they were very, very low because Josh Jacobs was coming back. But talking to everybody in the building, they said, no, no, no. It's still 50-50. It's Peyton Barber. He's going to run the ball. Yep. So, obviously, a Peyton Barber over prop is the play. That's great. If you, if you, you know, people talk about inside information, that's not inside. Like, we published he, it. Yeah, he said it. But that really is inside information of, like, hey, this is the plan. This is what they're going to do. And then he gets hurt on the opening kickoff. Right. Terrible bet. And then you're like, like, no, that was the right play. I'm not, I'm not saying I played it. I didn't. But, I mean, that was the right side if you were going to play. So that, that's why these things are, are like, no matter how much knowledge you have, it's the same as betting, same as fantasy, all those things. You can have knowledge. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out. I mean, I'm seeing Russell Wilson uh, over under longest pass, 37 and a half. Oh, give me Robert Woods props over. All the Robert Woods props over. Why tonight? Uh, they've they've talked all week. Like, hey, it's time. Like, we we've not got him involved. That's our fault. We all need right. to get him involved. They, they will get him involved. Russell Wilson longest run over ten and a half yards. Russell Wilson over twenty four and a half rushing yards minus one twenty on the over. Russ 
and Stafford to combine for 500 plus passing yards and four touchdowns. Minus 120. I mean, it's just, it is getting crazy around the country. Well, enjoy the game. Silver 7 is a great spot to watch it. 77 cents on Bud, Bud Light, and Mick Ultra bottles. They got a 777 special that includes 22 ounce beer, a couple of hot dogs, and chips. This is a great spot. Great value spot. Flamingo and Paradise. Thanks for having us out here. Silver 7's on a Thursday.